Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 121 I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time and forevermore. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me! I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. Then, or when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And, then, and they came and filled both boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at, his, at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. 
When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This morning, the um, almost about the midpoint of Eastertide, we get a reading of uh, from the Gospels of Jesus calling his first disciples, and then in Isaiah, the the calling of the prophet Isaiah. Um, in each instance, it's almost impossible to imagine in our day and age. Um, I was struck by. Um, so it's really interesting. Not only does Jesus seem like an introvert, he asks to be, you know, kind of, he, he almost steals one of the boats. For a little while, I thought he had just kind of gotten into it and said F you to whoever owned it. But I guess he actually worked with whoever it was, and that, was, that ended up being Simon, James, and John. Um, but he asked to be put out so he can teach from the shore. And this is just a, a few chapters in. He has just begun his ministry um, uh, in the previous chapter in Luke 4 is when he's he's tempted by Satan. He goes um, and goes to Galilee. He preaches in his own synagogue and gets like run off and he heals someone and then, you know, shit really gets crazy from there. Um, but it's this kind of rapid ascent and early on this is, uh, this is kind of where the gospel leaves us. Um, he's getting pressed in on by this crowd, and so he he sees these boats, a couple of boats. They happen to belong to Simon, uh, who will later be called Peter, and then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were uh, Simon's partners. And he does his thing, and then he's like, hey, um, let's go out and uh, try and fish. And Simon says, ah, we've already done that, and it wasn't so successful, so I'm not sure. But, you know, why not? Yeah, we'll give it a try. Um, and he has some kind of renown for him. Simon has some kind of, like, um, respect for Jesus um, because he calls him master, and that may be because he recognizes him as a rabbi. Um, but he says, um, but, you know, if you say so, I'll let down the net. So they do this. They catch a crap ton of fish. James and John come out and help because they're going to sink. Um, and... What what caught my eye was they get this miraculous catch of fish. And Simon probably knows a shit ton more about fishing than a carpenter um, or a carpenter's son. And he's amazed. And instead of like kind of withdrawing and getting defensive or, or you know, which is very unlike the man who eventually become Peter, really like confident and borderline arrogant. Um, this guy who, who probably has no reason to know how to how the heck to fish brings in this huge haul and maybe they're hungry and maybe they're poor and it's like, oh my gosh. Um, but when Simon Peter saw it, he falls down at Jesus' knees, I guess in the boat, and he tells Jesus, go away from me for I'm a sinful man. Um, so, and that connects quite directly with Isaiah's call. Um, Isaiah is, um, first is kind of, he sets up his call story for five chapters, and it's not until the sixth chapter 
where we get Isaiah's call story. And all the other prophetic books typically open with their call story um, to kind of like establish their authority. But in the sixth chapter, he's he has this vision. And um, these angels are flying around. They're talking to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And um, it was upon the call of one angel to another um, that Isaiah says, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live in pe- among people of unclean lips. But my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. The fear is anyone who sees God will, is, will die. It's just too much. Um, and I think that's for sinful or, or non, non-sinful, but the, um, or maybe it's only the high priest is supposed to see God in the Holy of Holies once a year. Um, similarly, he falls down just like Peter, Simon Peter, and it's, it's not really like he apologizes, but he's like, oh no, um, I'm, I'm a sinner and I'm, I'm not to be in the presence of this, you know, pure undistilled goodness, uh, holiness and God. Um, and in Isaiah's vision, an angel grabs a coal with a pair of tongs, so it's so hot that even the angel can't touch it, grabs a, a coal that's still burning from what must be a burnt sacrifice, so it's been uh, sanctified and, and burnt and then eaten, and this coal is hanging out there. You must imagine the coal being a part of the sacrifice um, you know, act, is also pure, and he touches it to the the angel touches it to Isaiah's lips and says, uh, "Your your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out." Um, and immediately, that's when God calls out, saying, "Who will go for us?" And Isaiah says, "Here am I, send me." In Peter's case, um, he says, "I'm a sinful man. Go away from me." Um, and Jesus says to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching people. And that is Peter's call. And Peter and Isaiah are paralleled here in this in these two passages. But there's something about recognizing their guilt or recognizing their sinfulness and that being just totally counter to God and God's agents. So maybe Peter doesn't, Simon Peter doesn't know a whole lot about Jesus yet, but he knows, and he's probably, let's just pretend he's really devout, and uh, he knows that he's sinful, maybe, um, and Isaiah knows similarly. And Isaiah kind of calls everybody else in too. He's like, we're all unclean, and it's especially our lips. Um, but there's this, I know, this wonderful parallel um, and I really appreciate the RCL this morning because it's just this really um, interesting kind of uh, comparison between the two stories. Um, but it takes a certain humility to not withdraw or get defensive and say, "Oh, you know, God's chosen me, and I'm therefore I must be clean. I must be, you know, have a huge penis that vibrates and all the other, you know, arrogant, egotistical shit that." Um, we, I feel like is so kind of common or uh, prevalent. Um, but each of them recognizes that they aren't 
hot shit that um, that they've done something wrong or that they are a part of a people that has done wrong and that still owes something that hasn't um, atoned for or made right these things or this thing that they've done wrong and they own it I'm a sinful man um, Peter says and Isaiah says I am a person of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips um, and they own it it's theirs uh, they don't deny it they don't uh, reject it or object to it they own uh, the fact that they aren't perfect um, that in fact they're kind of far from perfect um, and in each case they think I, I'm supposed to depart I'm supposed to run off um, Jesus or God can't be near me but in each sense God says no 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 I got a plan for you wait right there it's not as bad as you think in Isaiah's case it, literally your sin has departed your guilt is gone and it's important to note that guilt is not a feeling. Um, shame is a feeling. Guilt has substance. Um, you acquire it when you do something wrong. And you may feel its presence, but guilt can depart from you. Guilt is not a feeling. It's something that attaches to the person, the person's soul. Um, and to never forget that you are not your guilt. That's, I mean, that's a shame. There's not as much detail with Peter, but... Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting if, if this were to happen, you know, today, um, the, the rampant, I don't know, individualism or like, uh, yeah, I think it's a certain amount of arrogance. I would imagine that somebody might say, might not say the same thing, might not own, um, their own imperfections nearly as as willingly um i probably shouldn't say more but that that definitely stood out to me particularly in the gospel of luke where this guy's gotten a huge catch of fish and instead of being like yeah it is mine or having some squabble about like uh you caught it but it's my boat like no it, you immediate, he immediately recognizes the presence of God and acknowledges his own imperfection. And I think that's something that we can, we can learn from, especially in today's age. A prayer for quiet confidence from the Book of Common Prayer. O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of your Spirit lift us, we pray, to your presence where we may be still and know that you are God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's First Formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. 
Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia. <laughs>